This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Can I ask one quick question about He-Man? Yes, Before please. we start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the impression. Uh, so here's the thing about me. Mm-hmm. I'm five years younger than you. I am just on the the end of the He-Man threshold. You're a She-Ra kid. Which means that I had He-Man toys okay. growing up, but I don't think I've ever consciously seen an episode of He-Man. You haven't explored the mythos. I have not explored the mythos. Okay. I, I will say, though, after watching this, I am intrigued yeah. and interested in the mythos. Mm-hmm. Um, but one question. Yes. I, I got the sense that when He-Man mm-hmm. is in his nerd form. Adam. Adam. And when She-Ra is in her lady form. Adora. They they were kind of being coy and talking around the fact that they both can turn into superheroes. Yes. Do they know that one another is He-Ra and She-Ra? Yeah, He-Man they're fucking She-Ra? brother and sister. I know, but like at some point, like Shiro's like, well, like I don't know. I guess like maybe He Man will come along and help us. Wink. Yeah. No, they know. Okay. They know because and like do their friends like mass like um, Helmet Man and I'll tell you who knows Elephant Man and Big Hands. I'll tell you who knows. Yeah. In on the He Man side, Man at Arms knows. Okay. Orko, who's his best friend, knows. He's the little elf guy. Yeah. The okay. sorceress knows. Okay. Um, she's not in her. this. And there's a guy called Zodak, I think, who knows, because he's just like kind of like can see time and space. So he's not like uh, okay. very close. Sure, sure, sure. And then. So a lot of people in this, in, in Castle Grayskull, just think that Adam and He Man are two different dudes. Yes. Most people, okay. including. Okay. Well, including his dad, King Randor. Uh, the mom knows. Okay. Uh, because she's an Earth woman. Did you catch that? Mm hmm. Okay, good. She told me all about Christmas. Uh, Queen Marlena. Yeah, so she knows about Christmas because she's from Earth. She's a NASA yeah. um, uh, astronaut. NASA, NASA, and then and that's how she ended up on Eternia? flew to flew got, flew kind of like Major Tom scenario, uh, like um, Fantastic Four. Sure, and then she ends up on Eternia, and then King Randor rescues her, one. and they fall in love, and they have um, Adam children. and Adora. Yeah. Twins. So they're um, biracial. I it's not not that's not stated, and I would imagine since it's the eighties, nobody thought to do that, so probably not. <laughs> but technically, oh, I see. Yes, in in the sense that they are half Earth, Earthling, half Eternians. Yes, that is yes. true. Yes, yes, that is which accurate. is like two kinds of like two kinds beings, of people, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so. And is that why they can tr- tr- shift between being humans and being superheroes? No, the, the reason they can shift is because of the sort of power and the sort of protection. Okay. And man of arms can't shift. He's just man at man arms. arms. Is that's who he is? He's the like yeah. the captain of the guard. Um, he's like King Randor's captain of the An guard. An elephant head. His name is Snout Spout. And okay. uh, originally, the, um, he was introduced as Hose Nose. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't clear that one by copyright. That was though. like the placeholder name for the toy. 
<laughs> yeah. He's an outspout. He, there's not much to him. He can, um, his, uh, he's a cyborg firefighter who has an elephant head. He's uh, got an elephant head. Yeah. yeah. And, and he hangs out with a guy who's got one big hand. Yes. Um, that guy's name is Fisto. <laughs> okay. Is that true? Yeah. Did you make that up? No, his name is Fisto. His name is Fisto? <laughs> yes. Like Kit Fisto? His name is Fisto. He was originally bad. He uh, terrorized the peasants of Eternia, um, and he was kind Whoa, of... whoa, whoa. Back it up. Okay. Peasants? Yeah. What's King Randor up to? It's not... I think if you were to scrutinize the... Um, should we introduce a podcast? Let's introduce the yeah. podcast before we get too much further in. Yeah. Um, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Uh, it's a podcast where, as we've always said, we talk about babysitting and major instances of babysitting. We've done it for years. For a long time, we got kind of hung up on this one aspect of babysitting culture, which is represented in the Babysitter's Club series, a series of books about a series of babies by The Hand That Shakes. Uh, and then we've recently moved on to uh, further iterations of our original concept, which was always the plan. And we've talked about babysitting in The Mandalorian and uh, Walter World and other famous uh, stuff like that and Willow. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about, I hope folks are going to stick with us. It's going to get a little dry and a little academic, I think. Yeah, this one is this one is um, this one's dense, uh, but it's interesting and it's it's this dense. It's going to be dense. There's going to be a lot of critical theory uh, applied to this one, but uh, it's uh, the Masters of the Universe. It's the Heman and Shira mythos, uh, but specifically mm-hmm. through the lens of um, one of the more famous crossover episodes, uh, which is the uh, Heman and Shira Christmas special. Uh, whereby uh, He-Man, She-Ra, Orko, and Skeletor all conspire to um, babysit some kids from Earth. And another guy. Yep. Well, no, they're the, they're the only ones who really do, who do the, babysitting. The babysitting. Yes. Yep. But there is another guy who's a bad guy who's like Skeletor's Hordak. frenemy. What's his name? Hordak. Do you want to know Hordak? the history between Hordak and Skeletor? Hordak. Hordak. This will blow your mind. You ready for this? What are you saying? Hordak! I'm saying Hordak! Hordak. Ready for this? Skeletor was originally Hordak's, like, right-hand man. Okay, best friends. No, I mean, they're evil, so I'm not sure that they would, like, qualify their, like, relationship in that way as as friends. But Skeletor was originally Hordak's right-hand man. Um, They both uh, together attempted to kidnap uh, Adam and Adora. Okay. When they were babies. So it's an original babysitting sin, which is, again, something that's interesting to think about. The The foundation of the Masters of the Universe universe is a babysitting sin, a failure of babysitting, uh, where Hordak and Skeletor tried to kidnap Adam and Adora. Man in Arms captures them in the middle of it, and so they only succeed in capturing Adora. Then Hordak and Skeletor have a falling out. Skeletor tells Man-at-Arms where uh, Hordak can be found, and he escapes through a portal to the um, other dimension of Etheria with She-Ra, with with Adora, who becomes She-Ra. And so they grow up not knowing that each other exist. And also, it's so sad for the whole um, uh, of the world uh, that that the sorceress casts a spell so that nobody except Man-at-Arms and a few other key figures remember that She-Ra exists until... um, Mattel decides they need a toy for girls. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, wow, what a rich universe. Mm-hmm. Can, may I tell you who my favorite character is? I love that. Yep. I had to look him up. Okay. I had to do some some deep diving on the internet to figure out yeah. what this man's name is. But And I'm Jack. And I'm Tanner Greenring. Yeah. And it's um it's gonna be an academic one this week. This one is gonna be it we're just gonna have to go deep. There's a lot of theory to be applied no humor. to this. We're not doing jokes and we this don't have time for jokes. One. I would love to do jokes, but I don't have time for jokes. Yeah. Just it's just some thoughtful analysis about the He Man universe. Yeah. Um there's a character who pens well he's a he's a Eternian. Mm-hmm. And he learns about Christmas. Yes. From yeah. two children mm-hmm. who are warped to attorney. Miguel and Alicia. Yep. Um, and he, he is so inspired by the magic of Christmas yeah. that he pens a new a Christmas song, oh, yeah. a new Christmas song on his lute. Yeah. We'll, we'll play a clip because it's fucking wild. It sucks. Yeah. His name is Bo, and he's in love his with His name is Bo, yeah. and he's, he's my favorite <laughs> Is that a good take? <laughs> Bo sucks. Uh, I, I, it's cool. It's like it's a very like unique perspective on the universe that you like. Bo, he's like a, a desperately in love with Shira, and she's like does not return his. Affection. I think he's he's so cool looking. He's yeah. like this. He's, he's very like, handsome. He's got a mustache. He's got a little mustache. He's like a gay icon. Yeah, and he's got a, like you a know? heart. Uh, like a he's heart, got a little heart emblem on his, sternum. on his sternum. And his one power is he shoots arrows, which I love. Yeah, it's cool. He's like the um, Legolas of this universe. Well, and I know he also um, he plays the lute. He plays the lute and he writes a Christmas song and it fucking sucks. We've got just the right setting for my new Christmas song. Let's try it. Love and caring, peaceful bliss, joys of sharing, Yeah, it sucks. I think I think Bo Bo is my favorite. Who's yeah. your favorite? Who's my favorite in from this special? No. Overall, yes. I mean, probably Cringer, the the big cat. Yeah, that sucks. That's a bad answer. Well, that's who I like. Bad take. Um, I've always liked Merman. He's not in this. Okay, um, I think he was very briefly in this. I like Clawful. Uh, that's He's a Skeletor like minion. He's not in this. Googly eyes. Um, is there a guy called Moss Man? Yeah, there's a guy called Moss Man. He's made of moss and he lives in the Evergreen Forest. And he's in this. Can I? He's briefly. Can I tell you the yeah. the poke the not the Pokemon the He Man that I remember owning as a child was it Beast Man? I had I had two. I yeah. had Moss Man who had this sort of like coating on him. Mm-hmm. This like mossy coating. Yeah, that rubbed off very quickly. And I had one who had a rattlesnake head that popped out of his body. King Hiss. I don't know if it was King Hiss. Was it Ratlor? I think we've had this this discussion. We've talked before. about King Hiss before. So Ratlor is in this movie uh, briefly. They put everyone in this movie. They're having a birthday party. I for... think it was. I think it was Ratlor. Yeah. Yes, okay. it's Ratlor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a it snake. Seems like man. there's a whole there's a whole snake. There's um, a race of snake people. Thing. Yeah. It's okay. very phallocentric. I still have Ratlor. Do you want me to go grab him? 
No, no. I, I mean, okay. yes, but no. I, I would like to see him, but I don't want to have to pause the podcast for you to get him. Okay. If that yeah. makes sense. I think yeah. we should describe the, bu- the book. We're going to, um, for folks who don't know or care about He-Man, don't worry. We're going to do a pretty in-depth academic analysis and characterological study of this. So by the end of this episode, you will know about He-Man and you'll be the better for it. So, and, and She-Ra, I should say. And She-Ra, whose girl he Because it's a crossover. It's a crossover. He-Man and She-Ra don't often interact, even though they're brother and sister, because they didn't know about each other for the first 19 years of their existence, and they live in a fucking, like, a, two worlds that are separated by a dimensional portal. Yep. So they don't work together that often. But when they do, it's a cause for celebration. Um, and uh, in this one, they're, they're on Eternia, and they're, um, they're celebrating. I think I should describe the book, I think. I Is think it you? Me. Oh, what, what did we God. do last week? Dark Tower? Yeah. Did you do I it? Think I think you did it. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd be happy to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so normally we give me the amount of seconds that is uh, f- when this came out. 85. 85. Okay. So I'll take 85 seconds to describe this. Um, it's, it's a dense, it's a very it's dense, dense text. Yeah. Um, which is layer it's layered it's why we're not doing a lot of banter and as we've said we're not doing any jokes this week no room don't do not have time for that we're recording on a friday night too weirdly yeah and i have another podcast record tonight so like we're both looking at the clock like it's all business it is business today it's all business there's no jokes this one's not a fun one it's not a funny one no if you're here for humor no now is not the time yeah go listen to uh um joke the yeah, fucking jerky brothers the jerky, the jerky boys. brothers yeah. yeah or yeah the jerky boys yeah. <laughs> who are the jerky brothers i think it's uh the jerky boys brothers i guess i There's don't know yeah yeah um yeah go listen to the jerky boys <laughs> you you ever listen to those albums god i love those classic you know radiohead no not radiohead pablo honey yeah their first album pablo honey is named after a jerky boys joke yeah that's I believe it. Interesting to think about. Okay, sorry, that's a digression. That's not even a joke. It's a digression, and it's too much for what we're doing. What we need is 85 seconds. I'm going to describe this text, um, and then we're going to really delve into it. I have a lot of stuff I want to say about it. And we'll try to get into the lore of He-Man and She-Ra. So at the end of this, you can consider yourselves experts. In five, four, three, two. Okay. It's Christmas on Eternia, but uh, nobody knows that except Queen Marlena. They are doing decorations. They're having a birthday party for uh, Prince Adam and Princess Adora, the alter egos of He-Man and She-Ra, uh, when uh, a uh, an accident happens abor- aboard a spy plane that Man-at-Arms is creating to spy on... Sky Spy. Skeletor, uh, whereby Orko accidentally ends up transporting it uh, out, uh, out of space and into a an alternate universe where it lands, crash lands on Earth. Um, and uh, he crash lands on Earth just in time to save two children who are digging in the, trying to cut down a Christmas tree for their parents, Earthlings, and bring them into the spaceship, uh, which is transported back to uh, Eternia. Uh, but uh, then... Water the, crystal. The, via a water crystal, which She-Ra gets uh, um, to help... Uh, facilitate the flight uh, by battling some monsters. Uh, Then Hordak and Skeletor kidnap the children um, and um, uh, Skeletor and Hordak are in a fight and so Skeletor gets the kids uh, and um, 
learns the meaning of Christmas by uh, babysitting the kids and uh, becoming infected by the spirit of Christmas and uh, becoming uh, feeling uh, paternal feelings towards them and being nice and beep, good. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. It's so beep, dense. Beep, beep, beep. It's so dense. Beep, 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 beep. I really, really did my best. I did not even yeah. get halfway through what happens on this. There's a lot of there's a lot of switching between worlds, and I'll also say I think that this um, this it's a puzzle narrative in a way where the, okay. the the film sort of deliberately leaves a lot unexplained. It's it asks you to solve the puzzle of what's happening in the film through mm-hmm. conversation, through dialogue with. The film itself, yeah, it 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 treats its audience, yeah, with respect. It assumes that you're intelligent enough to follow some of these arcane twists and you know, turns. They're not going to lay it all out for you. No, they're yeah. not going to. They're not going to spell it out for you. Sometimes you got to like make those logical leaps on your own. And I, I don't know. I'm. I felt like I grasped it. Where did the children come anyone... from? Why is there a a robot puppy that's part of well, it? Those are the those are the um the um rogue. Robinians they're called manchines. Manchines, yeah. yeah. And they're um half man, half machine, and also right. one of them is a dog. And the dog yeah. becomes sort of the, the kid's dog, but then also becomes Skeletor's dog. Yes, and licks his face, and it doesn't explain why he's Question. licking his face so much, but it's because his face is made of bones, and that's fine. Because dogs like bones. bones. Question about Skeletor. Yes. Always troubled me. Mm-hmm. Hunky man body. Yes. Rippling muscle. Yes. Built like a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. Skull head. Mm-hmm. Is the skull head his head or is it a mask? Uh, that's his head. He's from. A, he's a demon. So he's got a hunky man body and a, a skull for a head. What's And he wears a hood. Mm-hmm. So you can't really... I guess they did this so that they didn't have to explain that transition. Well, this is what I'm saying about this text is that it's... In some ways, it's a dialectic, right, between the text itself and you, the viewer, where it is in conversation with you. And through the, this conversation, like the one that we're having, like what yeah. what is under Skeletor's hood, we come to together a conclusion about what it all means. Okay. So this is good. I, what we're can doing I lay is, out my th- yeah. theory of, yes. of Skeletor? That's what they want. Yes. Yes. There's a, a mode of thinking in the fantasy community mm-hmm. where reanimated skeletons, mm-hmm. lacking any flesh or muscle, yeah. should not be able to move, right? Right, because they don't have flesh or muscle, yeah. So they'll, they'll either have to move via magical means, mm-hmm. or what if mm-hmm. everything on the skeleton is there, flesh, but you can't see muscle, it, but it's invisible. Like a phantom limb. Yeah. So you're seeing the skeleton and everything else is invisible. And That's if you were to reach out and touch Skeletor's face, mm-hmm. you might feel a nose. You might feel a beard. Okay. You know, but it's invisible, so all you're seeing is his green skeleton head. But that's obviated by the scene in this. And this is, again, this is part of the dialectic, right? And this the is the dog. antithesis. Well. By the scene in this film where the dog licks his face because, um, because well, it's a bone. It's any dog's like bone. Well. Yeah. The dog is not a dog. It's a machine. It's a robot. Oh, uh, so it's just going through and the motions. No, I think it's it's been programmed to eat man flesh. Okay, right. It's licking his like his his fleshy chin that happens to be invisible. And he says he doesn't like it. It's a very cute scene. Skeletor's like, "Get off me! I hate this! I'm drown. You're gonna drown me!" And then the kids are like, "We'll carry the dog." And then Skeletor's like, 
No. No, it's better if I carry the dog. It's very cute. I'll carry him. It was nice of you to save Relay, Mr. Skeletor. I am not nice. Oh, stop that. Do you want me to hold him? Eh, no. Eh, no. No, we'll go faster if... Uh, if I carry him. Um, yeah. They, they Everyone falls in love with this dog, even though it sucks. And it, the dog it sucks and ruins He-Man. And yeah. I think I, I listened to... Um, I didn't like any of the machines. Did you listen to the um, the commentary on this? I did not. Unfortunately, gosh. I wish I, wish I had. It's a delight. It's a fucking delight. Because it's like a dude who's just like very funny, like br- British dude with this dry humor who is like torn between his obvious and it's like on the official he-man youtube channel torn between his obvious like deep and abiding love of he-man and the masters of universe and he like knows everything and also the fact that this sucks and in fact we're going to meet the machines very shortly short being the operative word you do a very good job hello yes here we go my name's cutter what's yours this is Cutter of the Manchines, uh, voiced by George DiCenzo, who voiced Hordak and Bo, although you wouldn't know it with this character. Um, Cutter's come to save them. And do you know why he's called Cutter? Because he's got saw blades for hands. He's got claws that transform into saw blades. So Cutter's pretty awesome in that sense. Look at that. And not only do we meet Cutter, but we meet his, his cousin, as he calls him, who's called Zipper, who's equally as annoying. I mean, equally as interesting to, to look at. <laughs> Yeah, and he just like can't. What does the film? He can't reconcile those two things. It's it makes no. I mean, sucks is I is a film is doesn't a, suck. The film is a. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, and what yeah. I meant was is that it's a puzzle narrative. Where it maybe it sucks it, if you're not right. scratching the surface at the lowest level. It sucks yeah. if you w- watch it. Well, and the, the topest the topest surface. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The topest surface the topest surface yeah it sucks yes and the lowest level right but, but it, in the meat in the meat right of it between, yes it's yeah. very very good and very very powerful it's like a tooth it's like a tooth the and film it, is like a tooth yeah <laughs> you've got the enamel at the top you've got the root at the bottom we want to steer clear of those mm-hmm. but inside you got that sweet nerve oh oh i don't like to think doggy about that. you ever eat one of those i don't like to think Woo! about that no and that's that awful. is a treat a tooth nerve? This is a bad line of discussion, and we've, uh, you and I, have committed to no digressions, no jokes, no jokes, no digressions. Although we do have to do one thing. Yeah. Okay. And I guess we should just get out of the way, and we're already talking about it, so uh-huh. we may as well do it now. Okay. <gasps> <gasps> Yeah, it's where we do our burn of the week, and there's so many burns in this book. Skeletor's really carries carries a lot of water. I have. You want to know how many burns I have? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have one. Well, I have. I, I captured a lot of fun fun quotes, but I have one that I I thought. Okay, let's hear it. Was good burn. Mm-hmm. It's on Christmas. Burns on Christmas. Okay. Skeletor, in speaking to Miguel and. Alicia. The, Alicia. the children from our world. Yeah. Or who are being babysat, and this is a babysitting novel, and that's why we're talking about it. And thank you to whoever um, suggested it to us from the Baby Nation Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Was the person's <laughs> name Jack Shepard? <laughs> no, it was uh, some genius. Some... <laughs> I'm going to do my best Skeletor impersonation. Okay, perfect. 
tell me more about this Christmas. Is that okay? That's great, yeah. Notes? I fucking loved it. It's perfect. Okay. Tell me more about this Christmas. And Miguel says... Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? <laughs> no, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? <laughs> no, they're nice gifts. Nice. Doesn't sound like much fun to me. And the burn is on Christmas. Yeah. And if you're, you know, I think it's easy to be normative. Yeah, which this movie it's tries easy. not to be about yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's easy to assume, oh, everyone celebrates Christmas. Let's just do a Christmas special, mm-hmm. you know? But it turns out not everyone does celebrate Christmas. Right. Skeletor doesn't celebrate it, you no. know? And it's it's not fun for him, and it's not something that he likes. No. Because he... there's no exploding presents. There's no fights. Yeah. He likes evil. He likes evil. Yeah. Yeah. But so he does get Christmas. infected with the spirit of And Christmas. this is the war on Christmas. And the war on Christmas started with Skeletor in 1985. That's the war so, on Christmas. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh... Bill O'Reilly, mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson, Starbucks. If you're looking big part Starbucks. If you're looking for to, for someone to vilify, someone yeah. to throw under the bus, Skeletor, Skeletor, and guess what? He's gonna fucking love that. He would like it because he's gonna eat that up. He likes things that's bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, so there's an so let's talk about Christocentrism in this narrative because it's interesting. And I want I'm gonna get to my burns. I want to do all eight burns before we take a break. Yeah, please. Um. There's this, so at the 11 minute mark, um, Orko at, uh, is on the pl- planet Earth, which I'm going to get 10. Quick, yeah, okay, quick, quick, quick. No, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. We ever seen what's on Earth, what's going on with Orko? Uh, yeah, he's a trolling. What's, what's happening under that? He's a trolling. Like, big head? He's a trolling. What's a trolling? They're like blue faced creatures from uh, a uh, different planet. Is he yeah. ugly? He's, is that why he's hiding? No, he's not ugly. That's just what they wear. He, um, his thing is now, that now like I'm being now I'm being disrespectful. Yeah, they're like he's more magical on his home planet, but the like the circumstances of the environment of Internia make his spells go wrong. He's like a Re- very it's like a reverse Superman. He's yeah, he's a very very powerful wizard where he comes from. Okay, um, and I'm I, curious what's going on under that little hood of his. Uh, it's probably a blue troll-like face. Why doesn't he show it? I don't know. That's what is like the fucking costume of his of his society. Okay. And they're like pretty oppressed. So. <laughs> okay. So I'm punching down. I would say you're punching down. Okay. Not if you were on their planet, you wouldn't be, because they're extremely powerful wizards. They would fuck you up. Well, they're tiny too, though. So it probably would be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But you shouldn't because they're powerful wizards. Right. And he's He-Man's best friend. He's one of He-Man's best friends. I love him. Yeah. I love him. I think he's funny. I think he's interesting. I like his little O s- s- shirt that he wears. Yeah. Originally, he was called um, Gorka or something, Sebastian Gorka, but the animators decided that uh, a G was too annoying to have to constantly draw, so they changed his name to Orko. That's a fun fact. Right. I like that. We're talking about Christocentrism and this sort of I- interesting... Yep. So... <sighs> When Orko lands on uh, the planet that we will call Earth, but I want to call that into question. Okay. Um, the, uh, th- these children are um, oh, trying Jesus. to cut down a Christmas tree. I found Orko's face, and I see why they 
keep that hat on him all the time. Okay, come on, man. Just think about this stuff. Looks like shit. <laughs> Listen to me. Um, he asks what Christmas is. And the kids say, yeah. Everybody knows what Christmas is. Which is sort of like, it's this evangelical mode that's that's immediately entered into early on, and it's like, it's problematized. But the film, in addition to being a dialectic in the sense that it's a conversation with the viewer, is a dialectic itself in the progression of the narrative. Um, and so that attitude Ooh, where you think that it's going to be like, we're learning about the meaning of Christmas and it's going to be this like Christocentric idea is obviated by the happenstance of the film where like the kids are explaining Christmas to Orko and just as he gets, he's like, oh, well, it's all about presents, but it starts in this way. And then they fucking fade out, fade to black. When they fade back and Orko's like, oh, now I understand Christmas. And they're like, wait, let me finish the story. And the story ends with the wise men arriving at Bethlehem. Until they finally reach Bethlehem. Ah, oh, what a beautiful story. Right. You know what's absent from this narrative? This Christmas narrative? Christ? Jesus. Yeah. It's not in it. Yeah. It's not and, in but it. But then, then they say, like, that's not even the most important And part. present. Right. Right? It's, this ca- it's, a, it's a, a celebration of capitalism. Wow. Yeah. And fucking riddle me this. Do you celebrate Christmas differently? L- riddle me this. Tanner. You guys are like going to. Don't put this like on Latin me. Mass. We're engaging with the text. Guess who, what this fucking narrative opens with? They are preparing for the birthday of Adam and Adora. It's a happy time for us, dear Marlena. Oh, just think. This will be the first time the twins are together to celebrate their birthday with all our family. Adora's friends even came from far off Etheria, and they're all helping to decorate. Yeah. Their birthday's on Christmas. Okay. So what does that open up as a possibility? Right? This hole that is created by the absence of a Christ figure is filled by He-Man and she Ra themselves they, that's what the filmmakers want us then again like they're not laying this out for us they're not gonna serve no they're not gonna say it. yeah These, this is things that we have to build ourselves and infer from the the text that they've given us yeah he-man is christ she-ra is girl christ yeah the, the kingdom of heaven is castle grayskull castle grayskull is always confused me it's confusing i don't want to get into it right now seems but, bad yeah. Let me. It's it looks mean and it seems bad and it's got a naughty name. Let me plus your idea before we get into Castle Grayskull. Okay. Good luck. Can't plus. Uh, can't plus. A plus. I think that there's. I think the film in this dialectical progression that we've talked about is also asking us to question that. Right. It's not something so simplistic as saying like, oh, He Man and She Ra are like are replacements Christ, Christ. for a Christ figure in our world. It goes a step further. After they um, destroy the um, the robot, the monstroids? The, yeah, so there's also big robots called monstroids who are like man... They're kind of like Transformers. Machines, except they're just yeah. Transformers. Yeah. The, the, so He-Man and she have a big battle with the monstroids and they destroy them. And the Manchines, uh, who are these like bad, bad, bad fucking... I mean, they're good in the context, but they're... They're little, they're like little tiny humans. They're awful. 
Um, they suck. They, they look suck. bad. They're yeah. like annoying. Yeah. They're like, they never was, shut up. They should not have existed. Um, but they say to He-Man and She-Ra after their victory, they say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And they're talking about the monstroids, but who they're talking to are the two most powerful people. But they're not big. In this universe. Literally. I think they mean literally. Okay, Mr. Fucking Literal. The, the, they are, they're questioning the power, th- this power. Right. It's a sly way of questioning. It it feels like, hey, if you're I the He-Man, two biggest people in our world. Not even. If I were He-Man and I heard that, what yeah. I would assume is you were planning, you, Manchines, what I'm hearing is that you're planning on regicide. You're planning on right. taking out my father, King uh, Raynor. Randor. Yeah. Randor. Mm-hmm. And I, I will not cotton to that. And then I take out my power sword and I chop their ugly little robot bodies in half. And nobody would miss them? Nobody would miss them. No. Yeah. Um, I hope folks are, are paying attention to this one. We yeah. Normally we try to do some jokes. Not this time. And it's not going to happen today. Yeah. But I, th- I think this There's is no going to be an education. There's no room. With Jack Carrie already Mulligan. said he's going to do all eight of his burns b- before break, and break is in like a okay, minute. Okay, I'll do so my burns. I'm like, going to bust through them. There's no room for this shit. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do my burns. You ready? Can I tell you Jamie's favorite character? Quickly. It was in the same scene with Bo. What's wrong with having Cringer? Cringer fucking rules. He turns Dude, into Battle basic. Cat. He's a tiger who turns into Battle Cat. He's a coward. You're a basic B. No. It's like saying He-Man's my favorite character. No, it's not Bo. like that. It's specifically not like that. Um... Also, like, Battle Cat. If you're going to do one, do Battle Cat. Cringer sucks. His whole thing is, like, he's, like, a sniveling little, like, scaredy cat. Say who Jamie's favorite There's character. a guy. Yeah. He's, like, a little He's like a little owl. Oh, yes. His and name his is Cal. ears are, like, butterfly wings. He's a, he's a, he's a um, hybrid owl butterfly creature. His name is Cal. He's She-Ra's friend. Yeah. Jamie liked him. He kind of sucks. He's, like... Oh. Okay. He's a li- this he's is coming from a guy who said his favorite character is Cringer, so. He actually, you know what? I'm going to take it back because he's the Cringer of Etheria. <laughs> um and he um Oh, does he turn into like a boss boss No, boss? he doesn't, but he, he's like he's like Cringer. He doesn't have like a a beast mode. He's just like he's kind of a cowardly creature who okay. doesn't have many redeeming qualities, much like Cringer. Um, Did you make your wife watch this? No, but my child did. Do you want to hear what my child said about it? <laughs> well, he must have recognized Skeletor, right? Yeah. He was like fucking – his mind was blown when Skeletor showed up. He, so I was watching it in the other room while he was like playing with his cars. And like yeah. – so I watched 10 minutes of it and then he like eventually heard it and like wandered into the room while I was sitting there like like studiously taking notes while I was watching it. He walked into the into – the, You my, like had your Bible out. Yeah. You had your like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DCM. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, he walks in and like sees what that I'm watching like a fucking kids cartoon and he looks at me and he just goes what <laughs> yeah what <laughs> such a betrayal what <laughs> and then he sits down and it's at the moment when the beast monster shows up and he was like it's a beast monster <laughs> like yeah. immediately totally invested uh, he cared about the beast monsters. He cared about the robot people, and then he got like super into Skeletor, saying that he's not nice. Oh, thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You saved us. You really are wonderful. 
Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. He grabbed like our little Skeletor toy. He fucking loved it. He was obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, and didn't ask me, why are you watching this like kids cartoon from the 80s? He knows that, that Papa has interests, you know? Okay, I gotta say my burns because we, we're like way past time for a break. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Okay, ready at the five. Should we just come back and do the burns? Why? No, we, I'm doing them now. We'll get to the okay. burns because we've got okay. a lot more stuff we need to do. Ready? Okay. Just okay. let me get through it. Okay. At the five minute and seventeen second mark, He-Man uh, is fighting with a claw ship, and he says, "You know what? These claws need a manicure." And then he destroys the ship. Okay. That's, at the, that's okay. one. We we don't have time to comment on it. I you won't can, react. You can re no, I, you can react, but just like kind of keep it. Okay, that quick, one sucked. Quick and lively. At the twenty-eight yeah. minute and forty-four second mark, He-Man uh, is fighting with the um, the um, the big robots. The, the what are they called? The, the machine droids the, or whatever. Um, yep. He says, "Keep your claws to yourself." <laughs> Sorry to get you all tied up. Because he ties their claws together. Right, yeah, they do a lot of um, Star Wars shit with these big machines. At, do I need this lot of He-Man toys for Miles? I would think so. Twelve fifty for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. Yeah, that's a deal, right? That's a deal. You should get it. Listen to this: okay. at the thirty-three minute and fifteen second mark, Skeletor says, uh, "I think to the kids of Christmas, a season of love, caring." Joy! Yeah! What a disgusting idea. And that is a burn on Christmas. That's a burn on Christmas. And yeah. that's they do a lot of good yeah. burns on Christmas. Take note, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, at the 36 minute and 58 second mark, He-Man says to Skeletor of the children. Let him go, Boneface. Okay. And that's rude because he has a skull, skull face. Well, or is it, you know, invisible flesh? It's, uh, yeah, okay. Um, at the 37-minute mark, Skeletor and Hordak, who are fighting even though they're both evil, Skeletor uh, shoots a, a weapon at Hordak. Hordak opens his big shield. The the, the bullet ricochets off of the shield. Hordak hits sucks, by the way. Skeletor, Hordak is, is he sucks, yes. Pales in comparison to Skeletor. Hits Skeletor and knocks him out, and Hordak says, Good aim! You hit yourself! <laughs> Okay. And that's a burn. Why are you hitting yourself? At the 41 minute and 48 second mark, the following thing happens, and it's a it's another burn on Christmas, and it's one of the most iconic lines from this film. It's iconic. Okay. Um, the kids are like, oh, thanks for being good. You saved us, because he like gives them jackets and shit, because he like... Is yeah, just like he magics up some jackets. He becomes he they're, like they're fashionable. Yeah, and they look great. They're like those puffy jackets that were popular for a spell. Yeah. Um, Hype beast. He says, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Oh. Uh, and then they kind of explain that it's because of Christmas. Yeah. And it's always challenging with characters like Skeletor, like yeah. Oscar the Grouch, where it's like everything bad is good. And yeah. It's like, no, well, it's difficult. What is what does good mean then? Like, does does bad feel good to you? Does bad feel bad? And then does is bad good? It's just so. It's like, very difficult. The the. It sends me into like an existential spiral. Um, but fortunately for you and for this discussion, Shira says to Skeletor, "Don't worry, Skeletor. Christmas only comes once a year." And Skeletor says, mm, "Thank goodness." <laughs> and it's another burn on Christmas. Yeah, take note. And then my final Boxes. burn is the, the most famous burn from this uh, film, and it is 
at the 17 minute and 30 second mark. Okay. Who is SW, do you think? Star Wars. Swiftwind. What? Swiftwind is yeah. She-Ra's horse. Oh, okay. Swiftwind. She-Ra's... She's got a cool horse. It's like um, Pegasus. Yeah. Swiftwind, She-Ra's horse, after they've defeated the, the big robots. This is a famous line from this. He says, They're changing into other forms. What evil robots? Okay. And it's a bird on the Transformers. (laughs) Yes. Right. We have to take a break. Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. We're out. uh, We're out of here. We're taking a break. We'll be back shortly. Okay. Goodbye. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm, what would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to... Do a whole bunch, like, just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is, like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet. So it's, like, stepping in a puddle or, like, sitting on a bench that's wet. That's us. Like, that's what we do. Share this with a friend, one like, one prayer. I will follow through on the like prayer stuff, too. I will be praying all night. I would use today's sponsor, BetterHelp.com. Of course, I can't. I am evil tanner. I can only use the deep web. We do have a deep web version of BetterHelp.com. It's called WorseHelp.com. It's not good, but I think BetterHelp.com is great from everything I've heard. Convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch at any time, no additional charge. Uh, Go check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun. Jack. Yes. Forgot to introduce a segment at the top yeah. of the episode okay, when I was asking about Snout Spout and Big Hand. Right. Fisto. Get Fisto. Fisto, yeah. You're the po- you're the um He Man expert. I really want to call it Pokemon. It's nothing like it. Yeah. It's exactly like it. Okay. Collectible characters, yeah. cartoon designed to sell toys. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. No, you're right. Can I introduce the segment now retroactively? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, He-Man consider facts I- with Sorry, I stepped on it. But well, fuck. God. I stepped on the whole is it should we cancel say the show? Say what you're going to say. Should we cancel the show? Say what you're going to say. I was just going to say that like from a legal perspective it, I would at this point I would ask the court reporter to consider what you're about to say having been said. Having been said. Yes. At the beginning People of, of the, the jury. Episode. Yeah. No, just the court reporter. Just the court reporter. And as this movie teaches us... Stenographer? Yeah, what you witness doesn't matter, but what the stenographer takes down is what matters. Because it's all just going to be used for precedent in later cases. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, So, 
Okay, now take another run called, at it. Okay. Do you want me to say it or not? I want you to take a run at it, and I want to give you a clean edit for it. Okay, ready? So, okay, let me lead you in. Yeah. Hey, folks, it's the beginning of the episode, and uh, Tanner's going to kick us off and get us in the right spirit with a, a great new segment that I think is going to become one of the iconic segments of the BSCC podcast. Tanner, I'd love for you to take it away. What's the segment called? Thanks, Jack. Uh, as you know, I'm a He-Man novice, and you are a He-Man journeyman, mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. And uh, I'm going to have to rely on you a lot this episode to give me the hottest He-Man facts. Mm-hmm. So I want to create a new segment that will be hyper-relevant to this episode, but also I think have a lasting legacy across all of our podcasts rippling both forward and backwards through time. Uh-huh. Uh, so so this is something that has had a lot of influence on our show so far as well. It's called... Mm-hmm. He-Man Facts with Wee Man Jax. Okay. I like the... I'm going to say I like the first part of it. He-Man the, Facts is yeah. the first part. And yeah. And that's, that's sort of the, the core of compared it. Compared like, with the He-Man himself, com, not... How do we... Compared with He-Man himself, I am a wee man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. And and me. Yeah, we all are. And, uh, you know, a lot of okay. uh, average adult uh, adult men. Mm-hmm. Remind me again what your height is. Uh, five, eight, and three quarters. Okay. So you're probably <laughs> right on the line then. I'm exactly average height for a man. So there's you're saying that about roughly half the population is taller than you. That's not how what I'm saying. Listen, compared with Prince Adam, and we know it from the He-Man movie. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen the live action He-Man movie? No, and this is exactly what the segment is for. And okay, it, yeah, it, it, it regale us, Wee Man Jack. <laughs> tell and me about the He-Man movie. I'll briefly tell you. Uh, uh, Skeletor opens a portal uh, to Earth. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's not a big deal. The man awarded that this this Christmas special. I don't think you're appreciating how weird it was that you that just happened. need a water crystal. Mermister will help you get one from the. She had to fight. Okay, I'm sorry because I got a little heated. To get that crystal, Shira had to fucking teleport to fucking Etheria. Is that different from a fight the beast monster, which is the most lazily named monster <laughs> in the history of cartoons? There was another one in this in this Christmas special that was all. It was like the winter monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys aren't even trying. Um, and then she had to do another trial. She had to fight the um, the fucking um, the monstroids. And she did have to fight the monstroids. Yeah, and then she also had to. And then she gets the she and she and had this French mermaid helps her find a crystal and, and that that's yeah, how they her and that's and you know what that's a segment yeah okay and it's called <gasps> strike for the patriarchy okay <laughs> it's our our less popular segment yeah. related to the patriarchy on this program the French mermaid's name is Mermister. <laughs> okay. The beast monster is no legend, Shira. It exists and is very dangerous. But if we work together, good idea. I'll find the water crystal for you. Thanks, my mister. And it's like, 
Why is your call? Why are you called Mer Mister in a show where everyone is named so gratuitously after the after gender? man's? Yeah, yeah. Why are you Mer Mister? He man. <laughs> why are you Mer Mister? Well, let me ask you this about Mer Mister. At the beginning Mer-Man. of the of the program, Mer Ma'am would be so good. <laughs> or Mer Madam. Uh, Mer Madam. The um at the beginning of the show, every so fucking people might think she's like a madame. Like every, she's got like a mermaid brothel. Every character in the show is at the party for um, Adam and Adora that's yeah. happening on Eternia. Because it's their birthday. Except Mermister. Yeah, Mermit. Well, she lives in Etheria, right? Yeah. And that's different from Eternia? She lives in Etheria, but a lot of the Etherians are there at the party. Oh, man, am I glad we have this segment. Yeah, okay, yeah. Is there anything specific you want to ask me for this segment? Because I do want to get into some academic analysis of this. Specifically, what I have written here is, who's this guy with the elephant head? Who's this guy with one big metal fist? Snow's about Fisto. Yeah, and we've covered covered those. Why can she wear horse talk? I mean, like, on this planet, a lot of the animals can talk. Cringer can talk. I mean, that fucking koala owl that your wife likes, he can talk. That's just like a lot of the animals can talk. One and last question, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah. Um, at, towards the end of the episode, Shira is talking to not not Shira. What's she called when she's not Shira? Adora, Princess. Adora, Adora is talking to Adam, Princess of Power, and she says she like says like, uh, "Good luck, brother." Yeah. And she says it like that in sort of a way that was a little too sexy. Mm-hmm. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, young lady. Merry Christmas, brother. Oh, you know, you knew it was me all the time, didn't you? Uh-huh. What's the story there? There's a lot of Jamie Cersei Lannister energy between them. It's never You know explored. what it reminded me? Yeah. Remember, you know that one Folgers commercial that they play every Yeah, Christmas? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, Where the, the brother comes back brother from comes war. Home from, like, like, he's like, a sister, I miss you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Must have the wrong house. Sister. <laughs> oh, I missed you so much. They waited up all night for you, you know. It's a long way from West Africa. Oh, real coffee. Kiss here. I brought you something from far away. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? You're my present this year. The best part of That's what it was like. <laughs> there was a there was a sexiness. There's a huskiness in her voice. Well, look, they didn't grow up together. They haven't seen. They didn't meet until they were twenty. Wow. And then, like, she was doing laundry, and she got stuck in the laundry machine, and like, he <laughs> walked by, and he was like, "Oh." And then they, you know. Is that the Folger? Does that happen in the Folger? That happened in the Folger yeah. commercial. Yep, <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, there's a lot of Lannister energy between them. We don't have time to get into it today, um, but though you know what, maybe can it Cringer has... talk? Excuse me. Can Cringer talk? Yeah, or Cringer can talk. Yeah, he's mostly scared. Battlecat's not scared. Yeah. Uh, for pe- people who don't know this text, um, and it doesn't come up in this in this film, so you wouldn't know it. You see him briefly at the party at the beginning. He man rides a, uh, a, a green cat. tiger called Battle Cat, uh, but when He man is is his alter ego Adam, uh, Battle Cat is his alter ego 
cringer. And the reason for this is that um, when they were developing the He-Man toys, they needed something for He-Man to ride on, but they didn't didn't want to develop a horse. And so they found this like fucking tiger from like a zoo creatures thing that they also owned. And they just like painted it green and made that his steed. That's you know interesting. Got a, you know who's got a cool horse? Who? Bo. Yeah. Something to keep in mind. I'm not a big fan of Bo. Listen, I want to talk about duality and identity in in the He-Man universe, in the Masters in the Universe. Um, uh, you want to talk about duality yeah. and identity? Let yeah. me tell you about Bo. Okay. And his reproduction action figure that was produced in 2012. Okay. For the Masters of the Universe Classics line. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I'm, Tell me. I'm, go- I'm sending you an image. Okay. Look at this, Jack. You want to talk about duality. You want to talk about identity. Mm-hmm. Look what, look what the bow, the recent reproduction bow action figure comes with. You're texting it to me? Yeah, I texted it to you. Okay, well, it's going to take a fucking minute. What? The infrastructure in Texas is still suffering? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, he comes with a head of his self? Comes with two heads. Why? One... Uh, but 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 tiered, and one, but mustachioed. Okay, it's got a mustache head and a tiara head. That's and that's duality and that's identity. Yeah. Great, that's fine. And he You're... also has one. Okay, bow. He can e- he can either hold a bow, fine. Yeah, or he can hold a little a harp. harp. That's right. It's 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 art or or violence. Wow. That so that yes, thank you. No, this is working with what I want to talk about, right? Perfect. We've are, we talked about He-Man, You're we talked about He-Man and Adam, we talked about Cringer and Battle Cat. Uh I did it, bid on that, by the way. You're buying the it toy. for your child. Um we'll share it. Okay. <laughs> um then on the evil side, we have Too Bad, right? Too Bad is in this and he wears his dueling identities openly. What's that? Who's that? He's the guy with two heads. He's a guy with two heads, right? Yes. He has a, and his like, th- the battle that's happening for him is out in the open. Yeah, there are several scenes with two. His name is Too Bad. Too Bad, yeah. That's very 1985. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's constantly getting f- in fights with himself. Right. Yeah, I've almost got it. You've almost got it. I've almost got it. He's he's always arguing with his other. Head. He's ar- always arguing with himself, and that's categorized. That's the, like in the taxonomy of this universe. That's categorized as being evil. Where it's like, oh, if you have your like the the dueling uh, battle between your id and your super ego, like if that's happening out in the open, that's somehow bad. Let Whereas, me ask like, you a question. The, the good way to do it is to be fucking Cringer and Battlecat or Adam and uh, He-Man and like, or like She-Ra and Adora and keep it inside yourself and like only you know about this fucking like battle that you're having with your other self. Right. Right. right That's right. like, I don't know. Is it bad? And then think about it this way. She, uh, like the whole film is about uh, Skeletor is struggling with this duality that's just inside himself. He doesn't turn into anyone. It's like completely internalized. He's evil, but he is because he's infested with the spirit of Christmas. Right. He wants that's to save these children and do good babysitting with the children and do good babysitting with the dog. It's a Grinchian story. And he says that it's with the famous line of the um, of the of the film. I am not good. Listen, I'm not, I am not nice. I am nice. Not, I am kind, not wonderful. And I am not wonderful. And he's saying it in in a moment when he has been both good, nice, and wonderful. 
like that clash of our impulses that's what this that's what this text is about this is what this book is about it's like a what what a wonderful world you have to see what the world is like when you're your unself right to understand how precious yourself is right he has to see he skeletor has to see a kind and benevolent and filled with christmas spirit skeletor to understand that no skeletor is evil right truly evil can we hop back to too too bad real quick can i just make one point that it just occurred to me before we hop back to too bad this is the dialectic right this is so like we've talked about the uh the thesis and the antithesis right the thesis is recently yeah we were talking about dialectic earlier in this we were talking about hegel obliquely yeah the thesis is skeletor's bad right and then the antithesis is where he realizes he's good where he's like oh fuck i have to babysit these kids and they're like you're good you're kind we like you you're kind you're nice you're wonderful right and then the synthesis occurs because his badness is put in contrast with this these good impulses and that's what gives it meaning like badness in in abstract is nothing but e- to be evil means to to choose evil in opposition to good that's what gives it real meaning that's what gives it teeth if you're just evil in the abstract that's like you're like a force of nature you're a hurricane but if you're evil when you see good and you still choose to be evil and that's the the synthesis of skeletor is that he has chosen oh, but it's, evil. it's so much more complicated than that because I think he performs evil. Right. I don't think he's choosing evil. I think it's potentially impossible for any moral being to choose evil, to consistently choose evil. And the cycle begins again. And that's where Hegel always gets you, right? Because he would say, okay, now we're back at the thesis. That's your thesis. And then what's the antithesis for that? Too bad. Too bad. Let's talk about too bad for a second. Yeah. Two heads. Yeah. He's got one two purple, heads. one blue. Jack, if you were to address too bad, if you were in the room with you, yeah, and you were to address him, yeah, which head would you talk to? Hmm. I feel like I sent you a photo in case. Oh that yeah, somehow helps. I guess I talked to the blue head. Okay, and that's. I feel like that's loaded. Yeah, that feels loaded to me because the blue head is the most traditionally normal. Yeah, the purple head is uh, is like toothier and angrier. Yeah, yeah, that feels and loaded. The, and to me. and, and that, that actually says a lot about the you. blue side of too bad has a shield, and the purple side of too bad has a mace. Yeah, do you want to know a little you, bit do about you want to know what my answer? Is yeah, please. I would never address them because they're evil. Fuck. Yeah. Shit, it was a trick question. I would never even have that opportunity. Why would I ever be talking to Too Bad? They're evil. You wouldn't. You would be calling the cops. Oh, yeah. I'd be <laughs> calling the cops. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I'm not going to address either of your heads. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm going to be calling the non-emergency line. <laughs> wow. Yes, hello? Yes. No, I'm here with some... They're, Threatening to say <laughs> you're like the you're the Karen of the of the fucking Eternia <laughs> universe. <laughs> they they are, and I don't even know how to, to refer know. to them. Yeah, 
they they're men they're menacing me <laughs> they're menacing yeah they're threatening me yeah wow do you want to know the history of too bad yeah please it's pretty interesting too bad was originally conceived as being um one head was good and one head was evil interesting but the um talk about duality <laughs> once they started making the Wait, toys they each have names I'm telling you something. Tuvar and Badra. I'm telling you something. Okay. That fucks me up, though, that they both have independent identity. They're independent. This, this movie is about duality. It's about the fight that we have within ourselves to see, like, like, it's such a naive view that, like, you have this, like, singular self. And that's what they're trying to tell us with Masters of the Universe and specifically the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Fucks me up. This film, we've we've consumed so much media, yeah. yeah. And this one is is got me the most twisted up. They were originally bad and good, but the decision about the toy line was that you could only sell an evil character or a good character, right? This is the dialectic again. The the to- Mattel decided that we have to push it, it back into this like fucking one sided like Manichaean view of like how the world works, where it's like either you're evil or you're good. And so they right. they decided that too bad was e- like both heads were evil, which is like, I mean, it's like <laughs> I don't even know how to talk about it because th- there's so much more to all of us than that. I think one of them is a is a primal evil, right? And one of them is a. Like situational Machiavellian, like yeah. intelligent evil you know mm-hmm. and i won't say which is which yeah okay well that's that probably for the best um do we have to talk time to talk about the surveillance state and the sky spy sky spy with my little eye uh, I mean, the the film begins with Man, uh, Man at Arms is building a sky spy, which is like they're like this this spaceship will be able to spy on Skeletor at all times, and it's right. a it's a movie that's about the surveillance. State. Well, because Skeletor lives on an asteroid. No, he lives in Snake Mountain. Okay, he lives in Snake Mountain. His boss lives on an asteroid. No, Jesus. Well, Christ. I don't know what this guy is. There's a guy who's like yeah, made Hort out of Prime. smoke, but he's also got a robot hand, yes. and he's big. And he lives on an asteroid. Yeah, I already told you who he is. What is his name? His name is Horde Prime. And he's in charge of the the like machine droids too? <sighs> I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't okay. quite wrap my head around this is a, Prime. This he is, was like a being of pure evil. This is He Man Facts with Wee Man Jack. I don't yeah, just okay. say perfect. I'll He-Man say it to you quickly. Man Jacks. Tell me. Here's the deal. There's a there's a uh, Did you Dimension know that there's Col- a new She-Ra? Yes. It's supposed to be very good. Oh, really? I'll watch yeah. it. Can People I say like it? I don't know about that stuff. What I'm saying is from the old times. Um, there's a, a dimension called the Horde World. Okay. It's where Hordak and Horde Prime come from. Some think they're maybe brothers. Hordak is... Well, Horde Prime is like a million feet tall. Because he trans- like a little guy. It. He- he transcended, and he's like a smoke now, and you can't see him. He's like the claw in um, yeah, Inspector he's just Gadget. Got one robot hand. Yeah, you can't, but you can't see who he is. Um, he's the boss of Hordak. Okay. For the purposes, I you said they were brothers. Yeah, they're maybe their fucking relationship is that they're brothers. Tricky, but their professional relationship is that he's the boss. Okay. But like Hordak is the. 
oh, how do I explain this to someone who's just like a total casual? Yeah, Listen, you're like a fifth dimensional being, and I'm like a three dimensional being. That's and good. I'm just trying to. Yeah, that's like what Hordak, what Horde Prime is like in relation to Hordak. Horde Prime sees like the entire multiverse. Why is it living on an asteroid then? That's what it looks like to you. Jesus. That's like how you're able to conceive of it. Horde Prime is like looking over <laughs> the. That's you. Interest. Miles has started saying, this is dad talk. Perfect. Miles has started saying, bless you. So if you cough or sneeze or even move your chair the wrong way, from anywhere in the house, you'll hear a little tiny voice go, bless you. <laughs> you know how and, I feel about that, right? And if you say, thank you, he'll go, welcome. <laughs> what a winner. Yeah. You know how I feel about that. How? Don't tell me about my body. Mm. Yeah, and he he overdoes it because he does it for any sort of like bodily noise. Like we've talked about this before, but it's like a real. It's like I don't mind. By all means, say bless you to me if that's what you fucking need to do to like get on with your life. But if you expect me to thank you for something that you did in unasked response to something that inadvertently happened to my body. That's a, he's, you're breaking the social contract. I will not. You're, you are forcing me into a, a <laughs> interaction that I'm not prepared to, yeah. to... Sometimes he'll get too excited and he'll, he'll say, bless you, thank you, welcome. <laughs> I gotta say, it's hard for me, like this is something that I feel very strongly about, but it's hard for me to say it in relation to what seems like a fairly cute thing that Miles is doing. I'll tell him. Cyril doesn't say that shit. If next time he says bless you, I'll be like, don't f- expect a fucking. Yeah, don't thank expect you. a thank you. Not from Jack. He's also started to pick up on swears. Okay. So yeah. we have to start being careful with that. Uh, I'm still not. I think here's. I think you can go. This is something I'm going to test out, and we'll talk about it on the podcast later if it goes well or badly. My v- current view. As someone who swears a lot and who isn't interested in giving it up, and also as someone who has possibly an equally controversial view that's probably comes from the same place as my view about bless you. Yeah. Which is like, why do we fetishize like these like fucking phonemes? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, it's bad to say like of I'm this word. I'm so excited for you to finish this thought because yeah. I have the strongest counterpoint. Okay. Well, here's here's my view. That, so that's like that's like a, a very a very concise statement of a complicated view that leads to my next point, which is I think as long as I act like it's not a big deal at all we're okay the uncanny valley is if i'm going around effing and blinding as we say in my country america and then every time i do it i like fetishize it and i'm like oh oh no i'm so sorry i shouldn't have said that it's bad to say it that's that's what's gonna catch his interest and have him saying it Oh, yeah. It's like when Miles bites us. He's in a bitey mood. Yeah. And we go, ow! It just makes him want to bite. No, more. exactly. And you the just way, need to not react. The way to deal with it, and like, I'm going to be beaten in this endeavor by everybody else in the world who's going to make a big deal out of swear words. Right. But yeah, because yeah. I think swear words are not a big deal, 
when I say fuck, I'd say it as a normal word and Cyril like doesn't fucking turn around or think about it or like feel like he needs to say it all the time or that it's interesting to say it. Two things. Yeah. By extension, you've taken all the power away from swear words, thus rendering them ineffective to begin That's with. That's fine. So you may That's as well fine. just say whatever. Fine. I don't give a shit. That's great. Two. Every Thanksgiving, we have Thanksgiving dinner at Jamie's parents' house. Yeah. Jamie's parents have friends who have adult children who are our age. Yeah. One of those adult children has two kids who are probably mm-hmm. like five and ten. Yeah. And he, this this adult man is sort of a hippie, for okay. lack of a better term. He like lives in a yurt and like That's fine. doesn't play by society's rules. Good. That sounds good. And lets his kids swear. He lets his he lets his kids. He has he has two sons. Yeah, and he lets them do a lot of things. Like uh, the older son wears a lot of girls' clothes Mm -hmm. and grows his hair out long. Yeah, and like takes a lot of pride in that. Yeah, both kids swear like fucking sailors. (laughs) And I didn't think I cared about swearing, and I thought I was part of your worldview until oh, I, it, it's I like the exorcist heard like a nine-year-old boy like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah while okay. playing a video game and it was like yeah. oh, oh oh you shouldn't do it's that. it's actually bad okay yeah the kids shouldn't swear because it sucks i um i like that viewpoint once once you hear a nine-year-old say like yeah. it's like oh that yeah it's not good yeah, I can dig that. I like not to get too profound. And we did say, well, no, this isn't jokes. This is the opposite of jokes. It's a joke. Yeah, it's not jokes. Um, I think my response to that is that as someone who loves to swear, yeah, I actually only like a limited version of swear. Yeah, I've never heard you say "suck my fucking cock." You will say "fuck a duck." Yeah, which is like I like funny swearing or swearing for emphasis. Irreverent. Or irreverence wearing, but swearing that is like attached Specific. to like insulting someone or really is specifically invoking a sex act, especially in a, an aggressive manner. Yeah. That, that I can see why that's bad. You, but you see why it's a slippery slope. But that's you? a nuance. No, that's an interesting nuance. And I, this is like way more interesting and nuanced of a conversation as I would want to have on this podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> is but this a I, slope? I've learned something from this, but yeah. I, I'm going to keep this in, but I don't like to have this cut. Co- it's like very informative and I learned something and you learned something and we've like expanded the definition of the topic that like expanded the topic that we were talking about. Right. But I don't nor I don't, like we have happened into this and we're in this, but I don't want to be having this conversation because yeah. it's not, it's not, I mean, I like it, but not in, not as something that's recorded for people to listen to. Yeah. We have Humanda. <laughs> this is something we can talk about in our yeah. free time. Listen, should we talk about Snake Mountain and the phallic? Uh, was Snake Mountain featured in this film? Uh, I mean, the answer like, is no. So no, we shall. Okay. Fine. Should we leave? I don't care. Yeah, oh, yeah, we have to, because I have another podcast recording. Yeah, we got to go. Tanner has another podcast. It's called Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast. He's going to record it later tonight because he's talking to someone in China? 
China. A guest. Um, you must listen to his show. You can go to expshare.pod. <laughs> expshareprod.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yeah. expshare. You must listen to his show and you must We are interviewing, uh, we're having a conversation. I mean, for Stimulating all, conversation with Doctor Lava, the Pokemon yeah. influencer tonight. Here's what who's I'll a, say: all the all the He Man in China, all the He Man heads for whom this was either your favorite episode or your least favorite episode, because you're like, I can't believe Jack got Snout Spout's origin story wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, you're gonna love experience. You'll yeah. either love experience <laughs> if it's your most, if this was your favorite episode, or you're going to yeah. hate it if it was your least favorite. Uh, but it's a babysitting book, and we read a babysitting book this week, and it's the Shira and He-Man Christmas special, and we read it this week, and we loved it, and it's good, and thank you to whoever suggested it, and it, you can watch it. It's only 40 minutes, it's, and it's I only recommend... 40 minutes. It's only two ninety nine. Yeah. I did buy it, and it oh, really? is now I watched a it on YouTube. part of my collection. I watched it on YouTube, and then they did a fucking commentary. that I just watched it again with commentary, and it was <laughs> fucking great. I highly I recommend that. What I would like to say is thank you to you, Tanner, and a very special thank you to you, hey, you're Tanner, welcome. for bearing with me this week. I would like to thank the Baby Nation for bearing with us um, as well. Uh, and whether you're a fan of He-Man and She-Ra or not, I hope you learned something. And I'm sorry we didn't do jokes. Normally, we had a lot of them prepared. Yeah, we we've prepared, didn't as always, have, have, both have our like tight 20. Time. Right. We didn't have time for jokes. Um... Please remember to subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. We have a whole show that's about the little sister books, and it's the only thing that keeps us alive. And it's only five dollars a month for you, but for us, it is everything and it's good. And it's it's nice to um listen to it because it's fun and we sing the descriptions. Yeah. Um and you'd like it. You'll like it. Um once the um pandemic is over and everyone's commuting again and everyone's caught up with our podcast, and you're like Want more of us? More. That's park. a good place to go. Yeah, the the Patreon. Please do buy our merch, bit.ly. Or a sure. If yeah. you like the Tanner aspect of the show, yeah. and are warm to cool on the Tanner <laughs> aspect, yeah. check out experience here. What's the Venn diagram of me and Josh? Does Josh... Almost, almost polar opposites. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's so tricky because so like, Josh does not provide Jack energy on experience share. He does sometimes. He's knowledgeable. He's he's the straight man, you know. But I'm not the straight not... man. Fuck you. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> God, you're just like my wife. She just keeps, she's always insisting that she's not even insisting that she's the funny one. Yeah, she's just insisting that I'm not the funny one. <laughs> Fair enough. Please listen to Experience Share. Please buy our merch, bit.ly slash merch. Rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And finally, you must and absolutely have to join the Baby Nation Facebook group. It's where all the action happens, and everyone there is nice and good and also very nice and very good and kind and wonderful, just like Skeletor. Yep. They do really good threads that really boost my ego. <laughs> Please continue to listen to our show, even though we did a fucking cartoon from the 80s. Um, finally, all that remains is for me to say that this week we read a novel. It was uh, He-Man and She-Ra Christmas Special. Yes. It's babysitting. Yes. 
next week, um, I sent, here's what I'll tell you. I'm going to just lay it all out here. I sent Tanner a spreadsheet of 20 possible things we could talk about. Yep. Asked him to consider it. He didn't. So I we didn't. don't know what. Because of, because of work. Because he's busy. Um, so we don't know what's going to be next, unfortunately, but it's going to be something, uh, something good. Ride. It's going to be a, a ride. It's going to be a babysitting book. Um, and we'll, we'll post it possibly in the baby nation Facebook group. That's another reason to join it. Um, all that remains is for me to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners of your bedroom, drown on your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. This is the way, berries to blood. There is no God, and we are his prophets. I may be a shitty boyfriend, but I'm a damn good babysitter. Park the porpoise. We need one from this, don't we? Um, I am not nice. I am not That's good. good. That's good. I am not wonderful. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been. Now one of the most visually upsetting scenes of this special I am um, I kinda of find it hard to watch because it's so bad. Look at this. There's loads of them. Why? Come on, Cutter. We'll send the monstroids back to the junkyard. <sighs> Sadly I have a piece of animation artwork from this scene which names pretty much every single manchine. So coming up I'll name them. Here comes Piston, yes. Crank on the left, Rotor on the right. Sadly, none of the others can be named because they don't actually do anything in this scene, but I'll name them for you. There's Clutch, Whipsaw, Digger, Crank, Driller, and Wrench. So you can tell the name of these characters was first and foremost uh, in the design and the script itself. He's so cute! And the Manchine Puppy, this is technically the beginning of the end for me. And coming up, I've think is one of the most offensive lines of the Christmas special. Cutter's dialogue. Ready? Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Thanks for your help. Cutter has the nerve to say to the most powerful man in the universe and the most powerful woman in the universe, thanks for your help. I hate that line. I think you'll find, Manchines, that you were the one that needed help. He and Shira effortlessly trashed the robots. You know, Cutter didn't even do anything. And what did Zipper do? Run, you know, oh... That was a HeadGum Podcast.